And welcome to the second episode of Triple Threat with Harris Hicks, Keith Dotley, and Tyler Conrad. Only on Blaze Radio and BlazeRadioOnline.com. Now boys, first things first, the Blue Bloods, it's a little tricky this year, but Michigan State, Duke, North Carolina, and Kentucky, let's rank them in terms of making the tournament. I'll start off with Keith. Keith, do you think any of these teams have a chance to make the tournament? And if so, what are we looking at? Well, Ty, I'm honored to start first today. Also honored to be here with Harris and Ty, clearly. Uh, episode 2, so excited. I do think that some have the potential. Um, I think UNC by far has the best chance. Um, they're the second best on Ken Palm of the three. And they're 31 spots higher in the net than the second highest ranked team in the net of this group. And that would be Kentucky. They have the best resume right now. They don't have any real bad losses. They won five out of their last six. And with this team, preseason we said their guard play was their weakness. They're getting better as it keeps going. And I think UNC is the best team of that group. What do y'all think with that? So, first off, Keith, I am honored to be with you, my best friend Aww, here. you're so Ty, sweet, Harris. Ty, the third wheel of all third wheels. But <laughs> <laughs> let me say this. Can you guys guess the last time all four of these teams missed the NCAA tournament in the same year? 1923. Not quite. Go, Keith. I'm going to go with 1962. That's close. 1974, 47 uh. years ago. But since that time, we are closer than ever before. But I don't think it's going to happen because UNC has quietly won six out of their last seven games. So let me say this. This team goes where Caleb Love goes, and he's been really struggling this year, so they haven't done well. But these last three games, he's putting up 16 points on 45% shooting from the perimeter. I think UNC is in the tournament right now. I put him at a 10 seed, if that's right, Keith, I would say. I completely agree, Harris. Completely agree. Great minds think alike. Oh, Um, yeah. Duke has no good wins. I don't think they're getting in. They're 500. Uh, Kentucky looks really good against LSU, but they're 5-9. and And I think Michigan State has a shot to get in. The computer metrics agree. They also get Iowa, Ohio State, and Michigan at home. So I think UNC and Michigan State get in and keep the streak going. Well, personally, I bursted Michigan State's bubble last week, so I'm going to stay with them, their bubble being bursted. However, I think UNC gets in. I think it's without a doubt they get in. You take out their Quadrant 1 losses, and as a team, they're they're 3-1 and one in Quadrant 2, 5-0 and oh in Quadrant 3, and 2-0 and oh in Quadrant 4. Add them up all together. Harris, I know you're a mathematician. That's 10-1 and one overall. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're 0-4 yes. in Quadrant 1. But... The metrics say the same. They're in the ACC, which is, in reality, should be great, but it's kind of meh this year. Agreed. So I think that UNC gets in. I think maybe on the 8-9 seed line they get in. As of right now, yeah, sure, they're a 10-11, give or take. Kentucky's too little too late. I agree with Harris. They're 5-9. and nine. They're a good team. If they if the season restarted today, yeah, maybe I'll put them in, but that's just not yeah. the case. Michigan State, again, bursted them. And Harris, I completely agree with you. And Duke is just not good. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with your Michigan State take. I don't think Michigan State is the best of these teams. I don't think they're probably even second best of these teams. But my thing with Michigan State, probability favors them right now. Yeah, They have no unforgivable losses. I mean, their worst loss is a home loss to Purdue, which does reside in the quad one. And they've also lost at Northwestern. That is one spot away from being a quad one loss. Um, and yeah. They have plenty of opportunities. The Big Ten's the deepest league in the country. And if they start playing better, they're going to make the tournament. Just because they have so many opportunities there in the Big Ten to do it. 
Ty, what do you think of that take? I agree with you. I think out of the four, they have the second best odds because one... That's what I'm saying. Right. Because Duke doesn't have the odds because they're in the ACC, and Kentucky not only started bad, but they're in arguably the worst Power Five conference in the SEC. Completely agree. Right. But you know what, guys? Let me say this. I don't know what Ty loves better, Kentucky basketball or slapping the table. I can't decide. Wow. I think it was. Let the man talk. It might be slapping the table this year especially. (laughs) (laughs) But I just – look, I completely agree. Michigan State, if they can somehow pull some against Iowa and Michigan and Indiana – and even, you know, the small wins, like we said, at or rather at Penn State, Purdue, yeah. Maryland, those are all solid wins. And, and as I'm looking at your screen, even at Indiana mm-hmm. is a going to stay a quad one game. Exactly. So I think that they can do it. I just don't think that they will do it. And we know how Michigan State heats up in conference tournaments and in March. Yeah, Regardless fair. of what team Izzo has, even the team years ago when they were on the bubble and ended up a seven seed that made the Final Four all year. Yep. That team, Michigan State, heats up in conference tournaments. The past results prove it. Last year, they were even suspect to start the year. Like, yeah. they were ranked number one preseason, and they were looking at the 5-6-7 yeah. line, and then they looked like a Final Four contender to end the year. All right, we're going to move it on to the next segment. I'm going to hand the keys over to Keith to start this one. All right, so now transitioning from these four Blue Bloods that are underperforming, I think we'd all agree, to one that's actually maybe underperforming a little bit to what we thought they were earlier in the season, but still playing at a very good level, Kansas. And the rest of their conference that has made them look less than human lately, the Big 12. I'm going to start with this question. According to Joe Lenardi right now, seven of the ten teams in the Big 12 are projected for a single-digit seed. Do we see this happening this year? I have to disagree because although Oklahoma State is very good, I don't think they're a single-digit seed right now. I have them as a 10 seed. I'm sorry to all the Pokes fans out there, but their resume, they're 41st in net, and I get the net can be a little goofy, but 37th in Ken 40th in BPI that the committee does use. So I'm not as high in Oklahoma State. They do have some good wins to back it up, but I do not think they're going to be a single-digit seed. I personally think that they will be a a single-digit seed, and the only reason is because I like Kate Cunningham. I don't have to tell you anything else. I think Kate Cunningham... You love Kate Cunningham. Oh, no, Kate Cunningham's my dog. If he doesn't go number one, there's an issue that the NBA has. He's so good. He's just ridiculously good. But also because... Oklahoma State, out of rather all the Big 12, right? They have to play Oklahoma again in West Virginia. Both those games got postponed because of COVID. Then they play against versus Texas, versus Kansas, versus Baylor again, versus Texas Tech again, and versus Oklahoma. So granted, they could all be losses, but at the same time, they could all be wins. They might split those. They might see. And as Keith said, we're all we're kind of waiting on the appealing process for Oklahoma State. Yes. Now for the other six, I think they're basically locks for. Uh, single-digit seeds. Six of them are in the top 25 in the net. I know it can get weird, but Oklahoma, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and Texas are sort of the, or rather the bottom five, and then Baylor's your big number one. But I just genuinely think that the Big 12 have seven single-digit seeds. All right, so Ty, I'm going to give you four nine seeds, okay? And you're going to tell me if you think the Oklahoma State is better than any of these teams. Oh, we got a little game going on here. Okay, okay. okay. Xavier, Louisville, I'm going to get crucified for this one, but LSU. No. Where is? I think, they're, I think they're 100 times better than LSU. I agree. Okay. I genuinely think they're 100 times so better than LSU. So you bring it up to the 10, which is North Carolina, Loyola, or Virginia Tech, too. Well, they're better than all those teams. Yeah. I think that they're also better than um, Connecticut, too. Oh. I, okay, here's the thing. With that the depends way, on if James Booknight is healthy or not. With the way... 
100% true. And that's what I was going to get to. But the way UNC might play towards the end of the season, if Caleb Love keeps playing like this, I disagree. And Harris, you say you love LSU's talent. I do. We, we do too. Do you not love the number one pick in the draft, Cade Cunningham? Do you Thank not you. love Thank Isaac you. Likely, who is having a great season right now? Like, do do you not love those guys? Because I do, and I think that those two are better than Cameron Thomas. Way better. Cade Cunningham's a hundred times better than Cameron Thomas. I don't even care. I would agree. Yeah. Cade I mean, I, I would. I would it. agree in my opinion, but. I mean, you look at their roster. Javante Smart, Darius Days, Trenton Wofford, Cam Thomas. I could go on. It's a like, talented roster. Cunningham... They can score. We're going to save LSU for later, clearly. But I have Oklahoma State as a 10 seed coming in. I get that you have that. Okay, so we're going to move it on here to the next question. Keith and Ty, will the Big 12 have not one, but two one seeds in March? Well, I think that depends on if Baylor wins the Big 12 tournament. Because... Personally, Baylor's going to be a one seed. I think that might be a lock. Guaranteed. Right. Yeah. So they, in their order to do so, they need either Texas or in somehow very strong reach, Kansas, to win the Big 12, and then they'd pick up the second one seed. Do I think that's going to happen? No. Because yeah. Baylor is literally as close to a god squad as we've seen in recent memory. You know, yeah. obviously as well as Gonzaga, those two, and then there's a giant gap, and then, you know, put Michigan or whoever. And that's what we talked about last week. Right. Yeah. Harris, what do you think on this? Right now, I have Texas as my last two seed. Right behind right. Villanova, Iowa, and Alabama. I'm glad you put Alabama. And I have Houston as a one, which we'll get to later. But wow. We'll get to that later. But to me, I don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, based on Texas's track record, and Keith, I know this can get pretty sensitive to you because I know you're a Longhorns fan, but based on their track record... I do not think Texas finishes out of one. I don't see them finishing over Nova, Iowa, or even Alabama with the way Harris, they Harris, play. Harris. I completely agree. <laughs> as much as I want to argue this, I completely agree. Uh, Shaka Smart has COVID right now. They may get their next two games canceled. And then we may play Baylor. I say we as in Texas. I should speak more objectively. Texas may play Baylor without their head coach. Oof. And they may not be practicing while this is going on. This could be a rough stretch, but that uh, one yeah. question I want to ask is: Is there any chance Texas Tech ends up as a one seed? No. I would say right now they no. have to win out. I yeah. they, they have would to have win to out win out and, and win the Big Twelve tournament. Yeah, both, and that's very hard when you got to play Baylor. Yeah, and, and I ask that question because when I look at their resume, they also just took a loss. Yeah, it, West they, Virginia. Which is a quad one loss at West Virginia. Right, By the way, that's the best game of basketball I've seen this year. Yeah, that game, game was incredible. Back McClung, 24 points in the second half. Miles McBride, 15 points in the last eight minutes in the game winner. Right. Uh, but what I was going to say real quick was 12th and then 14th, my bad, in the net right now. And uh, they're 2-4 and four in quad one, 0-1 oh yes. in quad two. They're 2-5 and five against the first two quadrants. Right. Margin victory keeps them there. I mean, guys, this... This should be obvious to me. I have Texas eighth best team in the country. That's currently. a little too low. A little too low. A little too low. Okay. Eighth okay. in the country for Texas. Uh, resume wise, a little too low. Yeah. Actual talent wise, talent wise, no. you can put them there. Resume wise, I think they're a little higher. I agree. But Alabama has got. I have Alabama nine as a one seed. Quad one and quad two wins combined. I have Alabama. Oh my! You have Alabama have as a Alabama. one seed. Like for predicting in the future, not right now. But for predicting the tournament. Okay, they so you be, think Alabama right. keeps hitting their shots? Dude, like I think this. Alabama might win out and win the SEC. Oh, my uh, goodness. The SEC's I bad. I think that, I the think SEC, that could happen. Like, I don't think you understand. The SEC's uh, horrible. 
I mean, you as know. a UT fan. We've talked right? about this I know, before. You know. The... Keith watches enough college basketball to know. Yeah. You know I do. Right. Um, all right. Well, if Will Wade hits God mode, maybe LSU can play. Oh, God. Which won't happen. <laughs> we'll get to that later, Harris. You just yeah. keep teasing at LSU. Okay. So, moving on now. This could go on for hours, this discussion, but pretty quickly here. Which conference do y'all think is better, the Big 12 or the Big 10? Okay. You're not going to like this, Keith. <sighs> I'm not going to like it either. It's, <laughs> it's the, Big coming with another the Big controversial 10. The Big 10 is substantially better than the Big 12. Both conferences have three gimmies. Okay? Both of them do. Three cupcakes. But the Big 10 has 14 teams. The Big 12 has 10. If you're that team, okay. you're playing gimmies more often in the Big 12 than the Big 10 because of that. Also, the Big 12 is a little more is a little more top heavy, but the Big 10 may get as many teams as 9 in the tournament if you do truly think about it. Mm. Rutgers and Rutgers is pretty on edge, but after I was iffy with Indiana against Iowa, but after beating the Hawkeyes, I'm convinced and that losing makes it. at home to Rutgers on Sunday. That's okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I still have them in the field, by the way. Yes, but. yes. And I, I think that the Big Ten will get nine teams in and the Big 12 will get seven teams in. Okay, Harris, what percentage is nine out of 14? Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I get that. 64%. Seven out of 10 teams is 70%. For that reason, I'll take the Big 12. Because for me, yes, the Big 10. The middle of that conference is as strong as we've seen maybe yes. in the last 10 years since that Big East conference. They got, I think, what, 10 teams in or something like yeah. that? Set the record. Or so, yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, but the top of the Big 12, we know mm. the players at the top. Baylor, Texas, mm. West Virginia, mm. Texas Tech, mm. Kansas. Mm. That's five teams I think a lot of us would argue are top 15, top 20 teams right now. Yep. And then you have Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, mm. budging up right behind him. You talk about gimmies, but at TCU isn't even easy. I mean, TCU won at Oklahoma State earlier this year. For me, it's the Big 12. Ty, what you got? Well, Harris, I'll present it to you like this. You're a big SEC football fan, right? Yes, I am. What is better, the SEC football or Big 10 football? I would say the SEC. And why? Not because they're deeper, but because the top is extremely more heavy. Okay, but football's a four-team tournament. Basketball's a 68-team tournament. I mean, irrelevant. Also, let me say this. Let me say Where this. four teams legitimately have a chance of winning at all. I believe, the right, Big, like, I believe the Big Ten will get seven teams that will be top seven seeds in the NCAA tournament. That's, that's, Ooh, that's hot. hot. That's I hot. I will say this. I think Minnesota is a top seven seed. I agree. I okay. think Purdue, mm-hmm. I'm going to get to Purdue, but I think they will be a very high seed. They I agree. better than a lot of people I think. I have them as a six right now. To me, I think... Yes. Okay, the Big 12 is a little more top-heavy, but mm-hmm. the worst part of the Big 12, I think, is worse than the bottom of the Big 10. Yeah, I would say. I agree with Nebraska's you. Nebraska's the, the middle, only objectively the that middle, team. Exactly. The middle is the separator, to me. Because you look at teams like I think Minnesota, the Purdue. Oh, really? Yeah, it's kind of equal. The middle... Yeah. Like, trash both teams' bottom three, I think the middle's pretty equal. And then top-heavy is roll-over easy Big 12. And that's why I have and, Big 12. And Harris, when we're comparing the middle, that would be Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State, or West Texas Virginia, Tech. or Kansas. And if you do want to use yeah. Ohio State, Illinois, and Wisconsin for that middle, I right. would say, because all three of no, those teams Harris, I think are top Harris, three seeds. I wouldn't consider Ohio State. I would consider from probably like Maryland, Indiana territory okay. up yeah, to I where agree. Purdue and Minnesota are. Because mm-hmm. okay. when you look at the percentages, that would be the middle. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I guess we'll, I guess we'll agree to disagree here. 
Yeah, I'm actually very high on Ohio State. Yes. I have them as a three recently. Very impressed them. by them recently. Keith, great minds think alike, because I have Ohio State as my second highest three seed. Harris. I thought you were about to say two seed, and I was going to go <laughs> Harris, oh except God. you say that, but you root for the lesser UT here. So oh. I, don't, I don't know I don't, if we I can root for Texas. I don't root for Texas. I and I don't root for Tennessee. I root for the better <laughs> UT. Okay. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Burn orange is the worst orange. All right, well, you know, obviously Harris is a huge, huge, huge Big Ten fan. Me and Keith rather would subside with the Big 12. But as Harris said in the past, we got a little new segment, Triple Takes. Harris, I'll start off with you. Give us the first Triple Take of the day. Okay, Ty, I'm going to start out with this take. All right. The Purdue Boilermakers, Okay. by the end of the season, yep. will be a top for seed. Wow. Started okay. off with a bang. Look at their schedule. Really? They only play one top 35 net ranked team for the rest of the season. Right. Okay. We know that Purdue can go off in conference tournaments. Just look at 2019. And that lone game where they played a top 35 net ranked team in Wisconsin, they get them at home. And with the healthy Sasha, Sasha Stefanovich, they haven't lost at home this season. So I think there's a huge chance that Purdue ends up winning out for the rest of the regular season. Mm. I'm not saying that will happen, but I'm saying it's a very high possibility. Well, here's my thing, right? You just went on a whole tangent that the Big Ten, there's no easy wins, easy victory, and they say, well, okay, well, Purdue can win out. Yeah, Purdue's got a favorable schedule. Favorable, sure, but they still play Minnesota. They play Maryland. They play Minnesota again. I'll even give you Northwestern, Michigan State, because I don't think they're good. I'll give you at Nebraska, and I'll even give you at Penn State. But then they play Wisconsin and Indiana again. Those are five really tough games. Now, granted, they can win them out. I yeah. just don't know if they will. And I think they'll win a heavy percentage of those games. Fair. Yeah. yeah. I think Purdue not only has to win, I'd say, at least 80% of their regular season games, but I think they might have to get to the Big Ten Championship to be a top-four seed. Which is which is wow. possible. It's, I mean, it's I'm not doable, saying they can. but I don't think they will. I'm not just saying because, they will. Yeah, right, right. Just because of how deep the Big uh, Big Ten. Is. And if you look at the fours, like on the four line right now, yeah. with the way Tennessee's been playing, as right. much as I hate to say it, Kansas is nine and five. Kansas is Colorado. Iffy. Yeah. Creighton's a little iffy. There yeah, is agreed. a huge chance that Purdue yeah. can jump and get that. The ball. field is totally open. I'm yes. not cutting it off completely. They just got to be a lot better than they looked against Michigan. Yeah, so I'm going to disagree with Ty here. I think that this is actually a very good take, and uh, it, it really shows that you're in touch with really how they've been steadily improving recently. So maybe great minds do think like that. <laughs> I, I guess this is what we're going to be bouncing back and forth. So what you're week. saying is Ty is not a great mind mm-hmm. and we're great minds. Obviously. <laughs> so, so Ty's a yeah. great mind. It's just... Sometimes a little abstract. Yeah. I mean, being a Kentucky fan, you can't expect much. So right now, I have Purdue as a six seed. By the end of the year, they have the potential to have, how I calculate it, they have four quad one opportunities remaining Mm -hmm. as we stand. Right. Yeah. And if Michigan State climbs up, they have a win at Michigan State. They're 84th in the net. That could become a quad one opportunity very easily. If Michigan State starts playing more like we're used to seeing them play. Correct? So this team could finish with as many as eight quad one wins. If they do that, they may lead the country in quad one wins. Yes. And they would basically be a lock. And and let me say this too, Keith. So in my stat, quality wins index. Okay. So it's basically quad one wins times four, quad two times three, quad three times two, quad four times one. There are only seven teams in the country who I had marked as over 30. 
Purdue is one of those seven teams yep. right now. And with the opportunities that you mentioned, Keith, they could easily get to the 40s and even be one of the highest in the country. So, yes, just adding icing to the already massive cake for my take. <laughs> Harris, I, will, I love how you're hyping them up right now, doing everything you can do to convince Ty. Yes. Because uh, like there's a, a chance. Like, I'm not saying there's not <laughs> yeah. a chance. It can oh. definitely happen. Yeah. Well, one thing that I think we do need to look at, they need Miami to start playing better. Cause and we know Miami, they've had Earl Timberlake hurt. They've had Cam McGusty yeah. hurt. Yes. They've had Chris Likes hurt. They were with six scholarship players at one time. Chris Likes. Oh, right Chris Likes is An great. inspiration to people like Harris, me. that's because he's the same height as you. <laughs> <laughs> Five foot seven. Uh, uh, that's generous, Keith. <laughs> five foot seven and a quarter. May I mention? Yeah. So what I'm getting at here, they they have a loss at Miami. Um, Miami's 149th in the net right now. That's a quad three loss, which isn't a great look. But if they have all those quad one wins, I don't think it'll matter at the end of the day. I mean, heck, Alabama has a quad three loss at home to Western Kentucky, and they're still considered a two or three seed, depending on who you look at right now. Yeah. Harris, great take. Thank you, Keith. Thank you. Okay. You know what, Keith? Try to beat my take. Give me a greater take of your own in triple takes. Keith, what is your take? Well, Harris, this Virginia team has the potential to be one of Tony Bennett's three best teams at Virginia. Their ceiling is one of the three highest he's had. Ooh, wow. That's a bold take. That's a bold take. And Harris, I know you love stats. I do. Oh my god, don't even get me started on stats, man. <laughs> so I came so with over stats. I came with plenty of stats. Oh man. To back this up. Enlighten so me. what would we say that Virginia's two best teams that they've had are? Could you say a lot of times that people haven't reached like those teams haven't reached like twenty fourteen, sweet sixteen. 2015, they were 30-4 and four and lost in the second round. Mm-hmm. 2016, yeah. Elite Eight. A lot of times those teams haven't reached their ceilings at the tournament right. that they provided in the regular season. Yeah, so yeah. I'm saying that this team has an incredibly high ceiling. Okay. We know they lost to San Francisco. Yeah. We know that they were barely winning games earlier in the year. They went to OT with Kent State. Shout out to a great Mac this year because... <laughs> It has some great teams. We love the Mac here. Oh, one hundred percent. But I'm about <laughs> I, I'm I'm about to get into my argument here. So this Virginia team, as of tonight, they just beat Syracuse, ran them off the court by about twenty points. Okay. Virginia is now ninth in offensive efficiency at Kempom. They're ninth in defensive efficiency at Kempom. Mm-hmm. They're shooting thirty nine percent from three, which is the third best under Tony Bennett. They can stroke it. As I mentioned before, and last week, yes, they can really struggle. So, I think that their two highest ceiling teams they've had before were 2015. Their one loss was to that Duke team that won the national title. They were maybe the best team in the country until Justin Anderson got hurt. Yeah. And they dropped this two-line after that. They still didn't have a loss by more than six points that whole year. Um, And then 2019, they won the national championship, as we all know. If you look in the past at some of their other teams, 2014, they had four non-conference losses. One of those, a 25-point loss to your Tennessee Vols, Harris. Oh, I remember that game. I remember watching that game. Yep. We barely made the tournament that year. Well, <laughs> Harris, this is not all about Tennessee. This yes, is about I know, Virginia I know, right now. I know. That team was a one seed that made it to the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. 2016, they had a non-conference loss to George Washington. That team was eighth 
and seventh in offensive and defensive efficiency, respectively, at Kimpom. That team made the Elite Eight. Okay. So you're seeing even that team made the Elite Eight, which just shows how good I think this year's team could be. So basically what I'm saying is these Virginia teams before have started slow. Yeah. They had a non-conference loss the year that they were the number one overall seed. They lost to George Washington in 2016. So they lose to San Francisco, and they didn't have a great resume early on. Big whoop. When I look at this team, they're stacked across the board. Their shooters are incredible. Sam Hauser, Thomas Wolde Tensai, Trey Murphy. Yeah. They, they got transfers to come in and shoot the ball well. Their defense is not what it's used to being. It's only ninth at Kimpom, and that's lower than what they've been. Yeah. But those years, th- those teams didn't reach their ceiling. Why? Because their offense was 27th in Kimpom, 2014. 30th in Kimpom, 2018. They're ninth in offensive efficiency right now. Okay. And with that defense that we know has been getting better throughout the year, it's going to keep improving their offense keeps getting better as well. And that's what gives this team the ceiling they haven't had before. I think that this team has the potential to make a Final Four and be one of Tony Bennett's three best teams at Virginia, guys. Thanks for listening. What do y'all think? So in simple terms, you know, to kind of shrink that (laughs) speech, you think that this team can make the Elite Eight at least, if not go to the Final Four? Oh, 100%. Right. Because if we're looking at Tony Bennett's you know, most successful seasons in a way, he won the national championship, and then his next one is he made the Elite Eight. Yep. Right? So can they make the Elite Eight? So I completely agree. You, there's <laughs> enough stats for me, I'm just going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a, that was a whole It's a long way guess. of saying I think they're going to make the Elite Eight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, okay, you're very – I like your stats in the ceiling. Yeah, you do. Harris. You love stats. Harris. Yeah, you do. Harris, you're like, if stats had a son, that's you. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Okay, Harris. Yes, yeah, Harris. Harris. If you ever meet a girl to start talking about talking about, oh, it's over. It's and done. Then Ned, Get the wedding ring. Order I would it. Agree. It's over. It's over. Get her size. Like you're done. I would agree. It's over. But anyway, so you're missing. My point here is Virginia's floor is very low. Agreed. But the we're not San Francisco about game. But yeah, we're not. I get that, but that should be specified. I feel like that should be specified. Okay. This Virginia team, I think, can. But when they played so against right. when they played against a team like Gonzaga, I think their ceiling is very high. I don't know if it's top. What did you say? Top three. three? Oh, I don't think it's top three. I think 2018, 2019, and I would have to say 2015 are the three highest. In 2019, they lost to UMBC, but I didn't think they reached their ceiling at all. They were really good that no. season. Yeah, there was a number one overall seed, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. They were. So I think that's those are the three highest ceilings. But you know what? I think it was a good take, Keith. But didn't quite do Thank well. you. So, so one last thing I will say is we know <laughs> yeah. that team was that 2018 team was the number one overall seed. Okay. They were only 30th in offensive efficiency, and we saw it. when they got down to UMBC, they couldn't come back. I think this team has the ability to come back like past okay. teams haven't, and I really should have just made that my point from the beginning. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, so Harris, more I had to try to convince you. You had to try to sense. convince, and you actually you swayed me a lot. You swayed me a lot. At first, that I was, means a lot coming from the stat head yourself. <laughs> At first, I was like, no, I don't think so. But then, you know, I heard your argument. I was pretty convinced. But I would still, in terms of ceiling, take the top three. All right, so I'm about to swing past it over to Ty. He's about to spot up for the three. <laughs> and hopefully he sinks his take. But that's for me and Harris in the audience to figure okay. out. Okay. So after starting four and three, my team, not my team, obviously, but I've been pulling <laughs> for this team. The Alabama Crimson Tide have been on a nine-game winning streak. The only reason you're pulling for this team is so we can't win the SEC. 
No, it's not even that. I think they're really, really good. Oh, okay. <laughs> they can shoot the lights out like I've never okay, seen before, okay. Harris. And you know that. Yeah, man. I do. I, I witnessed it. So here's okay. my, you know, quote-unquote take. They'll be a one seed. Wow. Alabama will be a one seed. I was going to go Convince out and us, say... I was going to go out and say that Alabama can make the Final Four. I don't know if I'm there yet. But I think they can be a one seed. So first point. The SEC is terrible. Straight up. It's awful. Uh, agreed. It's awful. There's Alabama... There's a very uneven, unbalanced, I don't know what they are, Tennessee team. No, no shade. Like They're better than Kentucky, where you can put that aside. Well, that's an understatement. Right, exactly. Yes. They're like <laughs> meh. But like, Tennessee's really a four seed, five seed, but then they sometimes play like a nine seed. I don't really I agree. Know. I did have concerns on the offense. And then part. I'm not a fan of Missouri. Keith is a huge fan of Missouri. One of three teams in the country Ooh, with at least five quad one wins, wins. <laughs> along with Gonzaga and Baylor. Thank you very much. They're better than LSU. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, they're better than LSU. I'll take back. What <laughs> you I know how my thing completely. is if a girl likes stats, that's like that was my thing. I think if a girl likes Missouri basketball, I think that's Keith. Thing. Yep. <laughs> fair, <laughs> completely fair. I, I think that I think that would be Keith. Right. Thing. So the SEC is yeah. terrible. Um, you know, granted, Kentucky might show up for the SEC tournament. Probably not. But hey, I'm not going to count out Coach Cal. So there's one. Right. The SEC is terrible. Two. I think I'm counting them out, but you know. Right. I mean, on. obviously you hate them, but two, they're on a nine-game win streak, and they could potentially win out. They don't really have many tough games other than at Oklahoma. They play at Missouri, which you know, Keith and his potential girlfriend would be really scared <laughs> for. And yeah. but other than that, right? They play LSU, South Carolina, Georgia, A&M, Vandy, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Auburn, and Kentucky again. Mississippi State, that's a tournament team, isn't it, Ty? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Quick shot at the gut there. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, it landed. That's and a good thing. It, it did land. Take. No, it did land. But, right, so they could potentially end the season on a 20 game win streak and then potentially win the SEC. Now, granted, they can't lose more than two games and be a one seed. Yeah. So this Alabama team reminds me of the 2019 Auburn team that actually made the Final Four because they can shoot the lights, oh God, lights out. out. And both teams have this in common, where they started out extremely cold. Okay? Yeah, they're just like meh. Are they exactly. Are they going to even make the tournament? It's the classic drive-and-kick offense mm-hmm. though, that yeah. they have oh, yeah. when they get open shooters. Mm-hmm. And Auburn, and when they heated up in the end, like mm-hmm. no one could beat them. And no. the, way, the, only time, the only way they could lose is if they get a controversial call. Yep. Virginia, and they could have easily won the national championship. That That's irrelevant. But anyway, let me say this. I think there's a lot of resemblances between these two teams. How they're extremely athletic, okay, as Alabama is. They shoot 36% from three. Mm-hmm. And in conference play, they're shooting 42% from yeah, three. Yeah, they don't My miss. My goodness gracious. They don't miss. They do not miss. Mm-hmm. They plain and simple. And when they're hot, I don't think anyone, I don't think any team in the country other than potentially Baylor can beat them. And that yeah. includes Gonzaga. Well, I would say. That's a hot take. But when they're hot. Right, obviously. Yeah. Well, do you agree with the take or not? You didn't. I want to vert. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I don't think they're going to be a one seed, okay. but they're my top two seed to mm-hmm. end the season. I'm very, I may wow. change my mind, but as of now, I'm saying Houston gets the one over Alabama. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so for me, it's pretty simple. This team is probably a one seed if they win at Oklahoma on Saturday and they win at Missouri on February the 6th, which is a week from this Saturday. Mm-hmm. If they win those two games, those are their easily their two toughest games off right. on the schedule. Without a doubt. Like they could There's even, a drop-off after that. Yeah, they could even lose at Arkansas later in the year and still be considered. And the rest of the games, I just don't really see them losing no. as well as they're playing right now. 
Um, and then the SEC tournament, they may even have a little bit of margin there. Their schedule gets easier after those two, whereas right. Villanova's gets so much tougher. Exactly. Texas keeps facing a gauntlet in the Big 12, as we already mentioned. Houston just has such a small margin for error because yep. they do play. That's true. And the American. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of merit to this take. And if, if you would have said on December 19th, after they lost at home to Western, Western Kentucky, Kentucky yeah. who's incredibly talented, but still it's Western Kentucky, right. and they suffered neutral court losses to Clemson and Stanford without any great wins, we would have all laughed in your face. But that's why we love college basketball. It's crazy. Anything can happen. And we're seeing that in January this year before we even get to March. You know? That was one stipulation with me is because if Houston doesn't wins out this season and doesn't suffer a single bad loss, and Alabama has that loss to Western Kentucky, that's kind of the tipping point for me. That's yeah. the tipping point for where I would prefer Houston over Alabama. But anyway. Now moving on to Harris's, arguably one of Harris's favorite segments. Obviously, show me the money's up there. Your triple oh, take creations up there. Actually, but, that was me. Give me some credit here. Yeah, fair enough. You know, two Harris claps. came up with the name. I came up with triple talk. It was triple talk. Okay, well, we'll give Harris and his stats girlfriend two claps for that. And then we'll give you and your Missouri girlfriend two claps for the other one. But now, hate to burst your bubble, but... but now, Harris, <laughs> okay, hit me. This one should be obvious okay. after what happened on Monday night. Monday Utah night. State. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Easy. They were already on the tipping point of the bubble. They were, yeah. But after losing to a 6-6, six six, 500 UNLV team on yep. Monday night, their run is no more. Mm-hmm. I do not think the Mountain West has any shot anymore of getting three teams in the tournament. Thank you. This year, and I'm sorry, Utah State, I hate to burst your bubble, but... I'm bursting your bubble. Pop. Pop. Oh. That's the sound of their bubble right now. <laughs> wow. That was so insane. Wow. We wow. all agree. Yeah. <laughs> Great take. Yeah, yeah. But I would say Utah State. Keith, what do you got? All right. So this is a team that's started off the season really hot. Their big win started to go downhill as their opponent didn't end up being so good, as, as Ty can tell you. And... No, not good. They've taken two quad four losses now. It's Richmond. Um, I think a lot of people hopefully saw this coming. Over the weekend, Saturday, they lost at home to LaSalle. LaSalle's 181st in the net. That's a quad four loss. Also, shout out to Jig Brickus, Jameer Brickus, who played at Coatesville, who my high school played in basketball. He's at LaSalle now. Big upset win for them even though we won the district championship in football over Coatesville. We're a mm. football school, not a basketball school. Shout out Downingtown West. That was a little long-winded, but I had to stick it in there. Richmond has also lost at home to Hofstra earlier in the year, which mm. the, the the Pride have a decent squad, but they're 164th in the net. Yeah. You know what's coming. That's a quad four loss. Um, they had that win at Kentucky that just didn't age well. They got blown out by West Virginia. West Virginia is a good team. They beat Loyola Chicago earlier in the year, but that could easily fall from being a quad one win. Two quad four losses is just too hard to overcome. Richmond, I'm sorry, but pop. Okay, so Richmond was an interesting team coming into the season because they returned all five of their starters, and they were all five seniors, although Nick Sherrod got hurt. They clearly miss him. But let me say this. Richmond has no depth. Okay. After their starting five, their sixth leading score averages four points per game, and then three, and then two. They have no depth, and it's 
starting to cost them every game when they just wear down in the second half. Yep. So I don't think Richmond makes the tournament either. I would have to agree, Keith, although I still think they have a shot. So I'm not going to burst their bubble just yet, but I'm going to say they do not get in as of now. Okay, and, and I just want to say, while we're talking about those seniors, I may be the president of the Grant Golden fan club. He's amazing. <laughs> if you haven't watched Richmond, they may not make the tournament, but Grant Golden is worth a watch. Ty, what do you think? Well, first of all, Grant Golden is worth a watch. He beat down on my Kentucky Wildcats early in the season, but hey, we don't have to talk about that. Ty, Ty, a lot of teams did that. Oh no, I'm well aware. (laughs) Both teams are awful. (laughs) Anyway, uh, my team actually got beat down by Kentucky, you know, one of five teams, and that team is none other, and you know, shout out Mr. Dotley for this comment. I'm taking back what I said last week. LSU? Pop. Oh my goodness. Look, now granted, they started out 5-1 and one in the SEC, and that's when I said, okay, like, look, they're great. They were 21st in the net, everything was trending upwards. Then they took a trip back home to Louisiana and played Alabama. Okay, well, okay, well, all right. Well, they lost by 30. Harris, 30. 13. <laughs> I know, I know. Harris, and Harris, then, I don't know if you know this, but that's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. Like, I know you're a stats guy, so you should know this, right? <laughs> now, and yeah. then... They have a potential easy, quote-unquote, win. They're going at Kentucky. They're 4-9. and nine. They're on a bad year. You can catch Cal on a limb. Oh, no, we're going to lose by 13. Womp, they were trailing womp, the whole womp, game. Womp. Kentucky trailed by, in, for 15 seconds of the entire game. Kentucky's a bad team. You don't lose to Kentucky and say, all right, well, next one. No, maybe last year, maybe the year before that, not this year. Then they have to play Alabama again. They play Texas Tech again. They play your Vols in Tennessee. And I don't think they're that great. I think they're going to lose a couple hiccup games here, maybe to Auburn, maybe to Florida, maybe to even Arkansas. They play at Arkansas February 27th. Then they're going to go into the SEC tournament, and Will Wade's going to do what Will Wade usually does and not be good. <laughs> okay. So okay. And pay players. Yeah, well, you know, Cam Thomas probably got paid. He's the only good player on that team. Uh, Trenton Watford probably got paid as well. Oh, Trenton Watford got paid a bag and a half. But he's really good. Yeah, They've so got, got good paid. scores. They've got good scores. And no defenders. No I don't defenders. understand how you could say LSU is out of the tournament with their computer metrics being so high. And that's what the committee looks at. They're 35th on net, 39th in Ken Palm, 30th RPI, 25th in BPI. I don't know where that's coming from. 48th in strength of record. And in my quality win index, they have 20, which is fairly average. But let me say this. LSU is not as good as I thought. I was wrong there, Keith. You were right. I'll give it to you. Hats off to you, Mr. Dotley. He called me a chucklehead. I guess I am a chucklehead. No, he called you anti-chuckleheads because <laughs> he's a smart man who knows his college basketball. Yes, um, yes. And, but I'm really, Harris, I'm not trying to call out your stat, but I'm kind of doubting it. Okay. LSU has Stat. two wins against the top two quadrants. It's the I quad three where they make their money. But they're yes. five and zero oh against quad three. Like that. Yeah. That doesn't impress me. They don't have really any good wins. They don't have any terrible losses. But there's just not much meat on the resume. Mm-hmm. They're eight and zero oh against the bottom two quadrants, and they beat them by good margins. They hacked the net, so that's why they look good on the computer numbers. I like to think that the selection committee is smart people who can look past that and see that there's no meat on the bone. They grabbed a chicken wing that had one bite on it, and they're like, what's left? It didn't even have a good flavor. I mean, it had a little heat, but there was there was no lasting to it. There was no defense. That was that was a mic drop right there. Wow. Thank you. Let me say this. Usually when teams have high computer metrics and are in a Power 5 conference, LSU's 35th in that. So it would take a lot for them not to make the tournament in my opinion. So I have LSU in, but 
I understand where you guys are coming from. And now, Harris, you know, we'll, we'll again, for like probably the eighth time in Triple Threat history, agree to disagree about almost <laughs> every single segment. But now, moving on to another one of Harris's favorite segments, it is none other than... Show, Show me, me the, the money. money! Oh, that was yes. cute, all three of us doing it. <laughs> but, starting off on Thursday, Oregon plays at UCLA. I'll start off with Keith. Keith, UCLA is a three-point favorite in this game. It's been postponed twice, and now we're finally getting to see this game play out. What do we got from the Ducks and the Bruins? Yeah, I do have to say one funny thing when I went to set up this Show Me the Money slate we got going on here. Oregon plays at UCLA twice yep. in the next week yep. because they got rescheduled twice. and they can only play at UCLA. Really funny. So we ended up going with this game. It was a minus three line both times as it should be. Right. Shouts to Ken Palm for giving us our lines. I'm going to take UCLA here. I don't know if Chris Duarte is going to be back yet. And UCLA has just been a little more of a consistent team yeah. throughout the year. Great one in the conference. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to take UCLA here. I, there's not some great stat I'm going to throw out or anything <laughs> like that. Gut feeling, they're at home. They cover three points. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would agree. I, they are at home. And Oregon's coming off of a bad loss yep, against Oregon the Oregon State Beavers. I believe it was by double digits, yeah, if 11, I'm not mistaken, 75, too. So 64. I'm taking UCLA to cover. Minus three. I like that line. Show me the money, UCLA. Agreed. Especially without an overtime loss at Stanford, UCLA would be 9-0 and in the Pac-12. Agreed. Yeah. They'll keep it rolling, so I'm going to take UCLA minus three as well. Yeah. And moving on, on Friday, Iowa is at Illinois. A pretty solid matchup. Illinois is actually favored minus three. Harris, I'll start off with you. What are we thinking? Why is Illinois favored? Yeah, Keith, is there any agree. injury that I'm missing or anything like that? Uh, the reason for this is because Illinois is seventh on Ken Palm right now. As we know, the yeah, computer numbers Illinois. They love have five them. losses. I mean, still, yeah. like to me, Iowa's the better team. Illinois has five losses. I get that they lost to Indiana. But come on, before that they were rolling. They had a 26-point win over Northwestern, 15-point win over Minnesota, and a 22-point win over Maryland who are all, Northwestern's a trap game. They've beaten good teams. Minnesota and potentially Maryland are NCAA tournament teams. Both, hammered both of them. Mm -hmm. I would take out Iowa over Illinois, a cold Illinois team in a heartbeat. Give me Iowa. Whatever the line is, I'd pick Iowa straight up. I don't know why Illinois is favored. Wow. (laughs) A fiery take there from Harris. This is an interesting one. I do think that the Indiana loss for Iowa... I almost said Illinois because we're talking about Illinois. I think the Indiana loss was a fluke. Iowa only hit, if I'm correct, like two field goals in 14 minutes in the second half. They went 11 minutes and 50 seconds without scoring. Yeah, it's insane. This is the best offense. This is the best offense in the country. I do think I'm conflicted here because Illinois needs step up. They need a statement game. We know they have the talent, and I think they have the perimeter defenders to get it done between Andre Curbelo, Demonte Williams. Io Dosunmu, Trent Frazier. They have the perimeter defenders. Kofi Coburn is one of the few big men that can stand up on the defensive end to Luka Garza. That is a good I, matchup. I thought I was going to pick Iowa. I'm going Illinois. Ty, what do you think? Personally, just for the fact of when I used to be an actual athlete, uh, <laughs> when I lost the game, I wasn't losing one again. And I think Luka Garza will do the same thing in Iowa. I'm taking Iowa for some reason, as Harris stated, plus three, and I'll take Iowa straight up as well. Yeah, I know it's at Illinois. I know it's going to be a tough road, Big Ten game, but I like the Hawkeyes in this one. Yeah. Okay, and next game we have here, we're going to switch it up. We have St. Louis against Richmond. We've got a little mid-major magic. 
going on here. St. Louis is favored by minus one. Richmond is at home. Ty, who do you got in this game? Well, Keith already said it. I'm busting Richmond's bubble, so I'm going to take St. Louis, no doubt about it. I don't like Richmond. They're trending down. Their last game, St. Louis won 74-58 at Richmond. So I, I think that's really all I have to say. Richmond's trending down. St. Louis is trending up. I'm going to take the team that's trending up. Yeah, and this is another questionable line, I think, in my opinion. I agree. I mean, to me, St. Louis is the far better team, and right. you couldn't have said it best. Richmond is trending down. Mm -hmm. I, so I'm taking St. Louis easily, minus one, and, straight up. Yeah. Love me some Javante Perkins and Jordan Goodwin. Love me some Gibson Jimerson as well. Give me the Billikens. Love the analysis from both of y'all. I have an interesting little, little trivia time well, question oh. to, to ask y'all. When is the last time that the St. Louis Billikens have played a basketball game? Ooh. A month. This is probably a little harder than my uh, 1974 one, but I'm going to say uh, one a week, uh, six no. days, and uh, three hours. No, it's probably like a month. Harris. <laughs> Harris. <laughs> this is their first game of 2021. Oh, my gosh. December 23rd. Guys, their last game was December 23rd against the University of Missouri, Kansas City Kangaroos. Wow! Didn't think good you mascot. were gonna did, really good. Didn't mascot. think you were gonna get that name drop today on Triple Threat, did you? But hey, no. we're, we're here to bring it to you. If St. Louis didn't have another game before playing Richmond, then I would take Richmond. I just burst their bubble, and I know all that. But just based off not playing basketball in a month, I would probably take Richmond. But St. Louis have already played Dayton at home, and so I'm gonna take St. Louis. So, moving forward to Saturday now. This may be the best Saturday slate we've had all year. The SEC Big 12 Challenges we're going to touch on is going to be great, and you have a bunch of other good conference matchups. So, Harris, bouncing it back to you, Kansas at Tennessee. Tennessee is favored minus two, according to Ken Palm. Who you got? So, there are two completely different sides of this, okay? Because over these last two years... Kansas has won in a very close game in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. There is no Yudoka Azubuki, who has absolutely destroyed Tennessee over these last two years. But the question is, will Jaden Springer be healthy? Tennessee is 10-0 with him in the lineup, and they are 0-3 without Jaden Springer this season. He makes the whole difference of their offense. I get that he's not a 30-point difference to Florida or anything like that, but... It's very important that we monitor his status. He almost played against Mizzou, so I'm assuming he plays against Kansas, who is a 9-5 basketball team that's a little cold. UT's at home. I'm taking Tennessee to cover this time, minus two, and I'm assuming that Jaden Springer plays on Saturday. Yeah, so both these teams are on losing streaks right now. They'll mm -hmm. both have a game before they play this one, but I'm taking Kansas. They're the better team in my opinion. They're more balanced right now. Yeah, they've lost three straight games, but that's three quad one games. And they've lost them all by single digits. Now that Baylor one was a little controversial on that bad beat. But um, they, they lost close games at Oklahoma State and at Oklahoma. So I'm taking Kansas here. I just think they're the straight up better team. They're playing better right now. They're not getting blown out by teams. If you do want to go into the point differential area, I believe Tennessee's beating teams on an average of about 12 points per game this season. Kansas is about five. Granted, the strict schedule. Yeah. And that's not including the past five games where yeah, they've looked right. very pedestrian. Yeah. 
taking Kansas as well. <laughs> I just, I don't need to look at stats like Harris, and I don't need to look at strength of schedule and anything. I watch the game of basketball. I think Kansas is the better basketball team. Tennessee has been blown out twice, in my opinion. I completely agree with the Jaden Springer point, though. If he plays, it's a much closer game. Now, if he doesn't play, I'm taking Kansas by double digits. I would I would agree. I would take Kansas to win, maybe not double digits, but hovering around. I'm, I'm taking him by double digits because I think James Springer is But I think he is. It's likely that he is going to play. Right. And yeah. if he does play, I'm still taking Kansas plus two. I like their team. They're on a three-game losing streak. As Keith said, they're all quadrant one. So And look, Harris, I'm really rooting for Tennessee because you got to root for the SEC. But I'm honestly rooting for Kansas. Go Jayhawks. <laughs> all right. So now moving on. To Sunday, we mentioned Michigan State earlier. If they want to get back on, stay on the right side of the bubble and keep improving their stock, they have a great chance. They play at Ohio State. Ohio State is favored minus seven. What do we got, Harris? That's a tight one. It's a tough line. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to take Ohio State. This is a tough line. I agree, Todd. Okay. I'm going to take Ohio State. They're fresh off of a 12-point win against Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. I'm taking the Buckeyes. I love their resume. Keith, we agree on them. I think they're very underrated. I would put them as my second highest three seed in the entire country. And they have four quad one wins, so they proved that they can do it against good teams. And this is Michigan State, who is uh, not quite a good team, I would say, this year. So I'm taking the Buckeyes. Minus seven to cover. It's a close one, but right now I'm sticking with Ohio State. So, I completely agree with you. I think not only is Ohio State underrated, I think Michigan State's... I don't even know if they're rated, but I don't know. If they are rated, I think they're very overrated. That wouldn't hurt. They're 0-3 in Quadrant 1. This will be a Quadrant 1 game for them. I expect them to go 0-4 in Quadrant 1. The seven points is where my money kind of lies. I think Michigan State might make it close, but at the same time, I'm not a huge fan of Tom Izzo. I know he can turn it on at the end of the season, so I'm going to take Michigan State plus seven, but Ohio State outright. Okay. okay, guys, I'm switching it up here. I'm going to take Michigan State to cover easily. Cover and win or just cover? Cover for now. Okay. I wouldn't be shocked if they win. But the final prediction? Michigan State to cover plus seven, and I'll say why real quick. Okay. Ohio State is coming off of two of their last three games are wins on the road against top 18 net teams that's Illinois and that's Wisconsin their next game after Michigan State is at Iowa do y'all think they're not going to be hyped for that they're not going to be looking forward oh Michigan State they're washed that's what the media keeps saying and guess what Tom Izzo is still coaching this team Aaron Henry's still a really good player Joey Hauser's still a really good player um I think Michigan State at least covers yeah. Um, in a true trap game, even though Ohio State's at home. And yeah, I have them covering. It's, it's a pretty simple explanation there. All right, moving on. I'm hyped for this game. I hope it happens. It got canceled the first time. On Tuesday, Baylor, the number two team in the country, according to some metrics, number one on others, goes in to the Frank Irwin Center, Austin, Texas, to face off against the number five ranked Texas, Longhorns, the whole country should be watching this game. This is an absolute treat. It's going to be an amazing game if it happens. And this is two powerhouses in the Big 12, which me and Ty agreed was the best conference in the country, going at it. It's at Texas, but Baylor is favored by four points. We're going to start off with Ty. What do you think? So you know I'm not a huge stats guy. 
Oh, I'm not. really? I'm not. Really? I just don't like him. Harris, are, I um, never knew. Harris basically abuses. Like, <laughs> oh it's gosh. to that level. But uh, enough of the shots at Harris. We love those, but and we love Harris. I think this obviously because Gonzaga and Baylor has been postponed. I'm waiting for that game to get rescheduled. in air quotes. Right in air quotes. But up to this point, Baylor versus Texas might be the game of the year. I Upcoming. Right. I hope it's that close. I hope it's that close. Right. <laughs> right. You have the number two team versus the number five team, the top two in the Big 12, I'm pretty sure at least in my opinion, undisputedly. Jared Butler taking on Andrew Jones. It'll be a good matchup. Keith, and then honestly, this might be a win-win for you because as you've said, right, your mom is went to Baylor and your dad went to Texas. Ty, you listen so well. I listen so well. So it's a little Dotley rivalry here. It always is. Mama Dotley's going to be rooting for the Bears, whereas Papa Dotley's going to be rooting for the Longhorns. Papa Dotley. Right? I've never heard that one. And probably never will again. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Keith, I'm a fan of yours, but I'm going to have to side with your mom here. I'm going to go with the Baylor Bears in this one. I'm a fan of the Longhorns. I think they have a chance to get the one seed and even to win the Big 12. But I just think Jared Butler and the Bears are going to be too much for them. They're 14-0. They've looked phenomenal all season. They're 7-0 in conference play. I think by this time they'll be 9-0. I'll take the Bears. So, Chucklehead number one is saying Baylor. But Chucklehead number two is also going to take Baylor. But there's a little twist. Oh. On Saturday, January 30th, I think there could be a potential upset when they play Auburn. And none of us brought that up. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that sometime next episode when it happens. But... Right now, I'm going to take Baylor to cover. I think they are the best team in the country. Texas is looking a little uncertain right now with Shaka getting COVID. They beat Kansas by 8. They beat Texas Tech by 8. TCU by 19. They haven't really kept any game close. And based on what I see in their schedule, 8 is their smallest margin of victory. Oh, my goodness. So I'm going to take Baylor to cover here at minus 4, you said, Keith. So, I'm just going <laughs> to go back against a few things y'all said. I, I, I'm going to try to sound hopeful here for a second. Yes, Baylor won at home against Kansas by 8. Texas won at Kansas by 25. I'm getting hopeful. <laughs> the, also, the, the last time... property never Does works. not equate in college basketball, right? Yeah, or, or anything. Guys, guys. Fair. A Longhorns fan can hope here. Also, the last time that these two chuckleheads agreed on something, <laughs> it was that LSU was more of a lock for the NCAA so are you tournament. The third chucklehead? Or are you not a chucklehead? That's the question, Ty. Really? Ty, yeah. let, let me talk to you. The really? last time these two chuckleheads agreed on something was that LSU was more of a lock for the NCAA tournament than five quad one win Missouri. I know what's coming. Oh, Keith loves Missouri. No, actually, I love Texas, and that's why I'm trying to sound hopeful. Baylor's my second favorite team in the country. My mom went there. But I'm cheering for Texas. <laughs> cheering? <laughs> Let's just put it this way. If Texas wins this game, that will be the height of excitement I've had as a Texas sport fan this decade. Well, obviously, Texas sports are awful. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. You guys are a basketball school. Tennessee is a coaching search school. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and a McDonald's back school. Yeah, McDonald's really, back school. Okay, oh, I, I feel like I ordered a McGriddle. I got 20 grand instead. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to jinx us. But I can't agree with y'all because, again, the last time the Chuckleheads agreed on something... <laughs> 
Hook'em, Hook'em, Hook'em. The Texas Longhorns win this game and assert themselves. Hook'em, Horns, let's go Texas. Can't believe y'all didn't even mention Matt Coleman when we were going through this. Greg Brown finally figures out how to play basketball, and they pull it off in the most dramatic of fashions. Go Texas. So if Baylor wins this game, since we were called out for being chuckleheads, <laughs> if Baylor wins, you are the third chucklehead. Yes. And, and then we're all a bunch of happy chuckleheads chuckle talking right. about college basketball. I, I have a feeling we all, all are actually chuckleheads. My dad's called me well, some February. funnier things than a chucklehead right. before, so don't feel so special. You too. Well, um, February 2nd, which is my mom's birthday, by the way, we'll get two presents. Oh. And hopefully one of them is Texas winning. And if Texas if Texas wins, okay, y'all have to alternate for the next six days wearing my Texas KD jersey. If they lose, y'all get to pick something for me to do. Done. I'll do six days. Done. Bring it on. Let's go. Say done. Say done right now, Harris. We're say gonna done. save. We're gonna save what we're gonna do until the next. Right. We don't episode. have to say it until Baylor wins. It's gonna be. A, it's gonna be a surprise until right. Baylor wins. But yes, I, I have some ideas flowing in done? my head. Done. 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 Shake on it. Shake on it. <laughs> we'll shake on it. We'll All shake right, on guys, it. and that will do it for the second episode of Triple Threat. Make sure to keep tuning in to Blaze Radio, BlazeRadioOnline.com. I'm Keith. That's Ty. That's Harris, and we cannot wait to talk to you again in a week. All right, see you guys.